What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Spectators Baseball Podcast. We got him holding the world in his hands. Ken, what's going on, baby? Welcome back to another episode. I, I lost my ability to stay serious as I held it. <laughs> oh, man. How, how are we doing today, man? We got spring training is fully underway. Exactly. Having a, having a great time. You know, I spent my Sunday on the treadmill watching Juan Soto hit a home run. So it's very cool. cool. It's it's you know. very nice to have baseball fully back pretty much. Uh, like you said, spring training's in full effect. It's, I believe, our first episode with spring training being back. And so today what we're going to do is talk about some of the things we've noticed in spring training, some things we like, some things that have stood out. Because as you guys know, spring training is not like indicative of whether or not you're going to be great this season by any means. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before we saw Kyle Higashioka hit like four home runs in spring training. We thought he might break the home run record. He was not very good that season. It happens you know, that way. It's it's funny you bring that up, right? I will admit, I fell for spring training Kyle Higashioka. I 100% thought he was going to have a really solid I wasn't thinking anything crazy, but like, yeah. I thought he could have hit like 240 average, slugged near 500, hit 20-something home runs, and that – that's objectively a very good catcher season at the yeah. plate. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I am proud of myself for not falling for, there was Yankees, God, our Yankee fans. I don't think it was last year. You're going to say Greg Bird, aren't you? No, it was only two seasons ago. Oh, okay. There were Yankees fans falling for spring training Marwin Gonzalez. Oof. I was not one of those people. Yeah. I, I avoided that that train. Hey, Marwin, thank, we're thankful to have him just because we had a player out there. But, boy, was he not very good. My goodness <laughs> gracious. Yeah, and, and it's exactly that, right? Like, the pitching isn't always the best. Sometimes you're facing some guys that are just flat out trying to make rosters, which if you're trying to make rosters, you're probably either towards the end of your career or there's been issues somewhere along your mechanics, execution, whatever it is. So hitting off of some of these pitchers is definitely – uh, get a skew lines a little bit. That's just right. how it goes. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that some guys are doing things like well that will translate. And like will the numbers, who's to say, but that's kind of what we're going to get into today. I want to start this off, all right? One of the more slept on, a lot of people side-eyed it, a lot of like weird Twitter clamor happened when this trade happened. But the Atlanta Braves traded Vaughn Grisham for Chris Sale. And Chris Sale has had a very strange career to this point. Obviously, he's had a couple incidents with the jerseys and the TV smashing and injuries. He's got hurt on a bike before. Like, this dude gets hurt in ways that you just shouldn't. And it's always like, come on, man. But we have never had any doubt in his ability as a pitcher. It's like when Chris Sale is healthy, he's one of the best strikeout artists in baseball, one of the best strikeout lefties we, the game has ever seen, especially as a starter. So now he's on the Braves. He's going to be probably at best their three starter, at worst their five. So you have Chris Sale as potentially like a, a bullpen arm in the playoffs, which is crazy. He's pitched five uh, 5.2 innings so far in spring training. Three hits, no runs, two walks, nine strikeouts for Chris Sale. The, the velo is there. He's throwing that 94 to 96 that he always kind of has. He still has really, really good run on his fastball. Everything that he does well, he's still continuing to do well. And the Braves have a really, really scary 
uh, either back end of the rotation or eventually playoff bullpen arm. And again, a spring training, but we haven't seen him pitch a spring training in forever. So, yeah, I was going to I was going to say that usually Chris Sale is one of those guys that is working through an injury in spring yeah. training or working through an in- injury throughout the offseason. Um, this is the first time in forever that he is just going into a season trying to perfect his stuff. Yeah. And not worry you know, about injury. Ready. Just just right. get right. Get timing. Yeah. in. Just being ready to be great instead yeah. of being ready to be healthy. Um, and, you know, of course, the Braves are already this great team. Yeah. You know, they they have the luxury to where if they really, really wanted they could put an innings restriction on Chris Sale and they could say, okay, you're only going to throw – you threw 102 innings last year. That's a step forward. You're probably only going to throw 120 for us because yeah. that's what we want. And they just have that luxury that, of course, like only the Brave – well, no, there's probably other teams that have good pitching, but very few teams have the luxury to where they can just be like, yeah, you're a starter and we're just going to throw you here and there. Dude, he, he's nasty. He's nasty. I mean, I know we're talking about spring training, but even just last year, you know, on the surface, the numbers aren't great. 4.3 ERA. um, But the whip was down at 1.1. You love to see that. And then every single stat cast number that you love is red. I'm not even going to go into it, but they're all red. Yeah. There's a plethora of things that are at least in the 70th percentile or better. Um, And now he's on the Braves. And he looks great in spring training. And have and a really good be... offense, scoring runs, yeah. so he can kind of... One thing that strikeout pitchers like Sale need is confidence that they can go and throw strikes. Because their stuff is good, that if they're throwing strikes, and they're not afraid of the strike zone, and now they have to walk people, and now you're walking and you're worried about a one-run lead. Like When you're able to give a pitcher like him a lead and then he can just go out there and throw strikes, strike people out, that makes them so much better. The Red Sox offense has not been very good at helping him in that whenever he's been available. You know, hence the ERA, you wind up having to throw pitches you don't necessarily want to throw because you can't afford to get Mm. guys on base with walks. Whip is down. His strikeouts were still there from last season too. Good sign. I am a Chris Sale hater as like an entity. But, I mean, he's so good when he's healthy. He's And he is on the tail end yeah. of his career, but he hasn't thrown that many innings. So it's not like he's a shell of himself and his arm's about to fall off. Like, he just hasn't – he hasn't had a workload like that, really, ever. I mean, it's not like there's um, 3,000 innings of wear and tear on his arm or anything. Because, like, you know, you just never, never get there when yeah. you only throw, like, 50 innings a season. As a starting pitcher. Yeah, and and he, the most you've thrown was like 2018 or 19 or whatever year it was. So, I mean, yeah, I, was, I think I was he looks good. I, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I was still in high school the last time Chris Sale threw a whole season. Man. But he crazy. looks good. Does that check out? I don't know. I don't know when you graduated. Let me see. Well, his last, like... What would you consider full season? I mean, he threw 147 innings in 2019, but like, we'll count that. We'll okay, count that. and that, and I'm one, re- I'm one year removed from high school at that point. Okay, we'll count that. That's crazy. But that's a while <laughs> ago. That's going on five years now. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We'll 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 count that just for 
for narrative sakes. <laughs> yeah. Sale's going to be good. Oh, I, I really do think so. If he can stay healthy, like that is a pretty deadly arm to add. And they got him for cheap. I mean, not cheap. Von Grisham should be good. But like, where was he going to play in the Braves? Wasn't playing second base. Wasn't playing third base. Wasn't playing first base. So like shortstop, you probably could have slipped them in there because like Arcia is probably on the way out. But you know what the Braves are probably going to do? They're going to wait one more year with Arcia and then go sign a shortstop next year because they have cap room because everybody's cheap. It's For gross. some reason, everyone gives the Braves a discount. Yeah. They're spending such little sense. money on Michael Harris and Albies and Acuna that they can just, man, go let me go cash out on somebody not even that good. Like they don't even have to go and get like a – I was going to say Dansby because he's like the caliber of player I'm thinking, but they literally had him. Um, mm-hmm. But like that caliber of shortstop where it's like clearly like a high C, B tier shortstop somewhere between like number eight, and number 15, best in the league. Go get one of them. Shout out to the Braves, Braves man. man. They, they, they organize like nobody else. I want to just go shopping and just get the Braves discount. Would be nice. Just like like everything's gonna be like seventy percent cheaper than it actually is. It's like the the outlet mall before they kind of ruined outlet malls. They're not very good anymore, sadly. No, it's there's the closest like outlet mall to me is like forty minutes away. It's not even worth the drive anymore. Yeah, it's, not, it's definitely eight, not. Eight, it used to be like oh like twenty five percent off trip. Yeah, no, not even. Not even in that. No. It's it's super duper <laughs> mid. <laughs> super mid. What's somebody oh. that you have been? Seeing something you've noticed, something you've liked in spring training so far? So, like we talked about, you know, spring training, it's not really about the results of spring training. Spring training, it, it's a it's a fake month of a season with fake stats and fake results, and none of it ever truly translates, does it? I don't know, not or whatever. So, I like to look for things like um, adjustments, you know, uh, how pitchers feel for their for their secondary pitches, the pitchers feel for this, uh, hitters changing their swing, et cetera, et cetera. And one person who has talked about his swing a lot is Anthony Volpe. Um, his attack path, his attack angle last year was on par with guys like like Kyle Schwarber. Kyle Schwarber has a mean uppercut swing. Volpe just doesn't have the raw power to do that. So he's trying to level out his swing, look for more line drives. And it's something that you've seen um, so far in the spring training. You know, last season he struggled with high fastballs, and a lot of that reason is because of that uppercut type of swing. He was constantly underneath them. And there's a game, or there's a swing that he had the other day against the Marlins, against a high fastball, where his swing is more level, and he hit a, he hit a double. We're going to pull and that up. We're going to pull that up real quick, too. We are going to pull that up real quick. And we're actually going to pull up both this swing from spring training, which is more level and results in a hard hit ball in the left field. And then we're going to show a swing from last season against a high fastball where he just swings underneath it. And you'll notice a complete change in the attack angle from Volpe. Yeah, and I got now, that. You, if you, if you I have got it that up, up, I can't right see it. No, you're good. <laughs> I, I, I do have it up. Um, the one on the right is him striking out. The one on the left is, is his base hit from the other day. And it's kind of hard to see because they're a little bit small. So if you guys don't see it, that is okay. Just wanted to uh, pull that up just, <laughs> just for posterity. Um, also to plug the uh, the Twitter account at Spectators Media. If you don't already follow us, there you should. But honestly, you should. should. But like, 
it's nice to see young guys like that make adjustments. He made a mid-season adjustment last year that made him way better at making contact with the ball. When you're a guy that isn't needed to hit 40 home runs and, you, like you said, don't have the necessarily raw power, he's not this big, hunkering, strong dude that's just touch ball, it goes far. He has, he has to generate some power, and mm-hmm. which is why he was doing the uppercut last year to try and generate that power. You don't need 30 home runs out of Van Anthony Volpe. He just won a gold glove last year. He's going to be that kind of caliber shortstop for as long as he's able to keep his speed. Give a team 15 to 25 homers at the highest at the highest end. Be a guy who gets on base 300 or yeah, you know, like 350 clip and like you're golden. So you you know, you level out the swing a little bit. Some of those pop flies turn into line drives. They just need to be singles because he has the speed to steal base. You don't have to hit extra base hits. You can make an extra base hit with a guy like this. Yeah, and, you know, you always hear players talk about in the offseason, like, oh, yeah, I'm working on, you know, changing this with my swing. I'm working on changing this with your swing. But, like, unless you are super into the mechanics of a baseball swing, you might never actually see it. Um. So I feel like this is a cool adjustment that Volpe has made that like really the casual eye can look at and be like, he talked about that and he's doing that. And here it is making a difference already. Like I said, granted it is just spring training, but you know, that same exact pitch a season ago, he's swinging way under it. So it's just, you know, it's cool to hear a player talk about an adjustment and see the adjustment in real time and see the effect that it could have um, on his, you know, outcomes and, swings and whatnot in the regular season. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, that's a guy who people expect to be a little bit better offensively. The organization clearly did. Uh, maybe this helps him kind of propel into that. Maybe it doesn't. Time will tell, but he'll be the starting shortstop for a while. So he has opportunities to prove himself and prove these changes help or worse, whatever it is, right? So I um I have a player specifically that despite him already ha- having a pretty good career, pretty sure like a four war last year. Uh, so it's a little bit different than the guy you're probably going to bring up. But a guy who I think is actually going to take a really big step forward this season is going to be over in Pittsburgh. And we're looking at Cabrian Hayes. So far in spring okay. training, his exit velocities have very, very much increased. His hard, per- his hard hit rate He's gone up quite a bit. Uh, He's already a platinum glover. He's probably the best singular defensive player in baseball currently. Uh, Not just third baseman, but any position. Uh, Probably has been for a couple years now, too, if we're going to be completely honest. So he's a guy that he's hitting the ball hard now. Way more than he did as a rookie and a sophomore. And I just really think that he can finally take that step up offensively. Because the defense is there very clearly. All he has to worry about is improving his offensive game. He's hitting 357 in spring training so far. He's a 1.2 OPS. He has two home runs. Him hitting some home runs and getting some extra base hits is going to make him like firmly a top five third baseman in the game if he's not already, which I wouldn't say he is yet, but obviously defensively he's so good that you kind of have to have him in the conversation. The, the Pirates might finally have like that cornerstone like face of a team kind of a guy with him and this might be that 
I'm here season for him. Yeah, one of my uh, my favorite things about Brian Hayes from this past season is, um, you know, I actually I was talking to you about this. I, I changed my Twitter bio. Yeah. Um, one of the things I put in my Twitter bio is hit the ball hard, hit it in the air. Mm-hmm. And just taking a quick look at Brian Hayes, his launch angles over his career in 2020, 7.4 degrees. 2021, 2.6 degrees. Dude was just beating that into the ground. 2022, 5.2. Again, not really getting it into the air. But in 2023, he had an average launch angle of 13.2 degrees. That is beautiful. That is line drive stuff. That is get it in the air, into the outfield. And, I mean, really, there's going to be more than just that that makes him a better hitter at the plate. But, I mean, hey. Any guy that hits the ball hard, if he also starts hitting it in the air, good things happen. Yeah, exactly. And he's never done that. I mean, 13% is definitely a good number that could go up and should go up. You want that, if you're somebody like him, get that around 18 on the launch angle. Like for average, be pretty Depends nice. On the power guy. Well, I mean, he, he has hard hit stuff. Like he hits the ball hard. That's something that he's true. always like, done. I don't know about you, um, but when I'm looking at a guy and I'm trying to determine, okay, you know, he hasn't really hit a lot of home runs. Oh, but his max exit velocity is this high. Okay, there is a ton of raw power there. Um, I could see it. I could see Brian Hayes getting, you know, assuming he continues getting better, you know, with his, like, contact rate and continues hitting the ball hard, continues barreling the baseball. I could definitely see a 25 home run guy be pretty nice that'd be a really really nice improvement out of him and it's kind of something they need honestly because that that lineup doesn't have a whole lot of power and obviously the pirates are a disaster and have plenty of issues but they do have a couple of young guys that so far in spring training have looked pretty good mitch keller is going to be a good pitcher this year they have a handful of things will they wind up keeping and keep them and who knows but this is a cornerstone guy. I think he has a good season. And I think the Pirates wind up being a little bit better than some people might think. Like, that's going to be one of those teams that they're still going to suck, but they might win 75 games, 72 games. Hey, I think I projected them 75. Like, that would be an awesome season for the Pirates to win 75 <laughs> games. You have Cabrian step up, and Mitch Keller throws 135 strikeouts. It's a really good season. You know... It's funny. I um, I've seen a lot of people doing like the, I don't know, like the MLB allegiance, like who their who their teams are, like their loyalties. Yeah. And there's like different tiers, right? There's the tier of like this is my team. Hey, I kind of like these teams. Don't really care about these teams. I don't like you. I hate you. Right? Like that's kind of like the tiers of teams. I decided to do one. Okay. And I put the Pirates in that I don't like you tier. And wow. you might think. Why wouldn't you like the Pirates? Or why would you not feel whatever about the Pirates? They're in the complete opposite league. Well, they fall into that category of teams who have shit owners that don't spend money, so automatically don't like them. Yeah, you're automatically in a, <laughs> you suck. Yeah, and I put the the Oakland Athletics in my hatred tier. Which Same like, reason. You might, again, it's like, but they're so bad. How could you hate them? The reason they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> you're allowed to be bad, Like, and we can... Like lets you vibe. Yeah. Like that's that's it happens. It it really does. I don't hate the Tigers. Yeah, they're out there spending money. 
they're they trying. Javi Baez. And yeah, and to be fair, I think they're actually going to be halfway decent this year. So like, that's pretty cool. But you know, the Angels. We can clown the Angels all we want, and we do a, a decent amount on this on this show. But like, they paid Mike Trout. They went and got Shohei Otani at the deadline. They tried to make a bunch of moves. None of them worked out. They wound up dropping all of them. But like, they tried, and. It might be because of ownership, like, inability to, like, understand what makes players good and, like, build a good roster. But at least they're trying. And, like, they're, they they want to be good. Just it doesn't work out because they're not the Astros. And they don't have, like, the foresight that they do. Like, that's just how sports work. Not everybody's going to be yeah. great all the time. So, yeah, the Pirates in that hate. I'm not mad at you for that because <laughs> when's the last time the Pirates are good? Andrew McCutcheon's MVP season. You know what year that was? Thirteen. Long time ago. Yeah, something like that. Over a decade ago now, and they weren't even that good. That team was okay. Yeah. You really hate to see it. Yeah, you do. So, <laughs> hey, I'm I'm happy that they're seeming to have some semblance of talent shine because maybe that's a kick in the butt. We're like, hey, we have some guys. Maybe we can go do something. When when your well is so dry, you just give up at some point, right? You're like, I'll never get the, I'll never get water in this well. I'm not near a ravine. Just give up. <sighs> I would like to talk about a guy I think is going to be a lot better this season. And I actually wrote a whole article about this guy, not to plug myself, but if you uh, follow my Twitter or X, whatever you call it, underscore 24 Ken, you would see I posted a whole article about this guy. And I'm talking about Trent Grisham. Now, Trent Grisham was acquired by the Yankees. I realize my whole podcast, my whole existence on this podcast today is just being a Yankee glazer, like whatever. It's spring training. It's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, But Trent Grisham, you know, over the past two seasons, you know, his surface numbers have been atrocious. Uh, Back-to-back seasons under a 200 batting average not that i'm really a batting average guy but under 200 you can't really what's the word you you can't really justify that unless you're kyle schwarber and you hit 198 with 40 something home runs and you still have an 800 ops somehow but trent christian is not that guy um i mean his last two seasons 625 ops in 2022 667 ops in 2023 just straight up not good but he's one of the best defenders in the league since 2020 and i had the numbers what i lost the numbers found them among the outfield trent grisham leads the league in outs above average with 38 the next closest guy since 2020 is harrison bader with 33 in that same time frame trent grisham has 34 runs prevented which is also first in the league why does any of this matter? Um, we already know he's a good defender. Well, for a team like the Yankees that likes to rest their guys a lot, dude, anytime Trent Grisham comes in, you automatically get a defensive upgrade. Even if he's coming in for Aaron Judge, you're getting a defensive upgrade. Now, a reason I think he can be better at the plate is, for one, he's elite in plate discipline. You know, he's in the 86th percentile in chase percentage. He does not chase pitches out of the zone. And that translates to him walking in 13% of his at-bats, which is in the 92nd percentile in the league. So if you can get on base somehow, you automatically have value. I don't don't think anyone can dispute that. 
if you have a path to getting on first base, you have value. Another thing I, um, when looking at Grisham that makes me at least somewhat optimistic is he's hitting the ball harder, as hard as he ever has, really. Um, he just had, speaking of, we were talking about max uh, exit velocity. Yeah. His hardest hit ball in his career is 112.3 miles per hour off the bat. Came last season. He's hitting the ball harder than ever. Just the main issue is the whiffs are – he's swinging and missing a at a higher clip than he ever has. And um, it's not chases either. It's pitches in the zone. It's it's in the zone. Um, But I like to think Trent Grisham, if he can get back to that 2021 Trent Grisham that, you know, was above average when it comes to swinging and missing – and combine that with 2023 Trent Grisham, who had the highest barrel percentage of his career, highest average exit velocity of his career, and both of those things, barrel percentage was in the 77th percentile, average exit velocity in the 69th percentile, so both above average for the first time since 2020. I think we could see improvement. I think we could see a really good fourth outfielder, and potentially even a fourth outfielder that can give you three-plus more on the season. A three-war season from him would be crazy just because he's not going to play that much. This um, is true. Which, that's the main, like, thing that sucks about war for his argument. But, I mean, you're kind of right. He's a defensive replacement first. Um, Aaron Boone's talked about how he's not a throw-in player uh, for the Juan Soto trade, even though, obviously, he was. Uh, Padres wanted him off the books. That's okay. Uh, he might be one of the better defenders in the American League this year in terms of the outfield when he's played or when he plays, it's also nice to have a fail-safe in case the Verdugo experiment doesn't go super great. Um, Alex Verdugo is not the best defender in the world. He's also not the best hitter in the world. He's kind of a really average player, kind of across the board with some above-average upside offensively. He seems locked in, and he feels, and the way he's talked, is that he's going to have one of his best seasons yet. If that's not the case, Trent Grisham can easily slide in, and then Verdugo becomes that fourth outfielder. And now, at least with Trent Grisham, if you're not getting anything offensively, at least you're getting an elite defender like you brought up. He, and then he would also slide the center field, which would be nice, because as much as we like judging center field and having him out there is cool, Aaron Judge isn't a center fielder, naturally, especially for a guy who they don't want diving. They've said they don't want him diving pretty much ever anymore after he got hurt a couple years ago diving for a ball. So he's, like, not allowed to dive. To have that in a center field is kind of tough. Plus, when Dominguez comes back, which makes this whole operation kind of even more strange because you'll have five outfielders and Stanton on There's this so roster. Many. So many. There's so many. Good problems, though. It's a, it's a good problem, and they haven't had this problem in, like, five years. So it's a good problem for sure. But if you do wind up going through all this and Grisham winds up being the everyday outfielder, he'd, he'd be in center. And then it would be an easier transition for the Martian to just slide back into center field. So a uh, couple of things to think about in that whole situation. But I mean, I, I texted you this earlier when we were talking about Trent, if he can give you 20 home runs in whatever his limited amount of at bats are or scale it. If he winds up with fewer at bats hit about 200, like you don't really need it to be much higher and get on base at a 300 clip. You'll take that out of, your fourth outfielder guy that's supposed to just be defensive. It's not ideal, but like, it's something you'll take. Yeah. I mean, like you, 
when you factor in just him being an elite defender at any time, you're going to have a positive war player. I mean, even if he puts up the exact same numbers that he did last season, his elite defense automatically makes him a serviceable substitution guy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think he's going to be better. I think he will make a jump. I think you could see an OPS at least above 700, which again is probably going to be about league average. But last year he had a, I think like an 84 OPS plus if I were to get off the top of my head, which I could definitely pull up if I really wanted to. Um, But yeah, so not very good. So even if he goes from 15% below average to just average, that's a great jump offensively for me. It's a really good jump, and he'll be in a good lineup, too. Um, earlier today, today is Sunday, right? And we saw a couple A-teams out there for spring training. So the Yankees A-team, Soto hit a home run. Very cool. The Dodgers A-team was out there, and you're getting a glimpse at their 1-2-3. Maybe one of the best 1-2-3s baseball has ever had. Like, ever. It's that good. Uh, Mookie Betts, <laughs> Shohei Otani, and Freddie Freeman, one, two, three, in a lineup is terrifying. They started their game off today, single, 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 and a run scored. And it's like, that's like the low end of what that's going to do because it's three singles. Like, that's scary. So when you're in a lineup like that, the Trent Grishams, um, I don't want to say Max Muncy because he's actually a good offensive player, but like the James Outmans, good defenders that don't necessarily need to be a good hitter, when they provide offense, it is just completely bonus and it helps roll over towards that elite one two three or in the yankees case two three four i'm excited man yeah it's fun i think i think it's uh i think it's gonna be i'm so confident i think it's gonna be one of those situations where grisham goes from oh yeah he's the other guy we got in the soto trade to like how did we get him great pickup yeah Yeah, how did we get him exactly yeah that happens a lot too like i remember a couple years ago uh Ty France had a really good season in uh Seattle, like his first year there when they traded him for Nola with the Padres. Yep. And there was a point where like, why did the Padres get rid of this guy? They don't have a first baseman. Ty France Ty France is raking. Like, how are we how do we just give up on that? And I mean, obviously he's slowed down since Ty France is a little above a league average hitter at this point, and maybe the slowest player in the league, not named Yasmani Grandal. So that's actually crazy. Don't ask me how that happens. <laughs> He's like an athlete. How are you so slow? Please figure it out. Um, but tough. Like that's the type of situation where you're like, wait, how did we get this guy again? How'd that happen? And it happens all the time. So shout out. I'd to be that. very happy. Yeah. I'd run victory laps. You would. I'm addicted to being right. You are addicted to being <laughs> right, and hopefully we're right a lot this year. I think I have pretty good hopes for all of the four guys we mentioned today. Like genuinely i i think brian hayes might be on pace for like a six seven war season especially if he winds up with those 25 home runs like i mean it's five and a half six war feels right i mean he had four war last year he was good offensively though like he was good he had a 762 ops that's solid imagine if you could make that yeah. an 800 you're looking at a stud yeah so guys like that uh there's plenty more there's a lot of young guys i'd like to talk about at some point uh, we'll probably will talk about them as they get called up. Um, I'd be really interested to see if Wyatt Langford starts breaks camp on the Rangers roster. He's been mashing so far for the Rangers. 
That would be pretty interesting to see. Obviously, Jackson Holiday, will he break camp as a starter? It feels every day that passes, more likely he will. Yeah. Jackson Churio's going to break camp as a starter. That's going to be fun. Not so much a rookie, but Ellie De La Cruz hit a 470 bomb yesterday. I have thoughts on him and the Reds. What are we at time-wise? Um, I think we saved that. I think we vault that. Okay. Okay. We can we can fully flesh him out too. I think I think you know that'd what? be nice. What we should do is maybe in uh like the next episode we can focus on a specific division. Okay. Um and project that division in a you know who we think's gonna win it or maybe project standings. We really wanted to go to things like that because I have thoughts on the Reds and I posted them on my Twitter. I'm not not gonna plug it again, but you can go find it. Um that I think could make them a, a very good team. Okay. No, I, I like that. Well, here's here's what we're going to do. We're gonna we're making the plans live right here. Next live. episode, National League. We're going over to three divisions. Episode after that, American League. We're going over to three divisions. Break it up. That way we can get our proper information intact in for it and have a little bit better insight on the teams we're talking about. That'll be good. You down? I'm down. I promise. I promise I'm going to look at more teams. I'm a Yankee fan, all right? I'm going to get know. into more teams than just the Yankees. I promise you. We'll make our way there. It's better in the regular season anyway, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And we're, I uh, some narratives, though. Yeah. There's some narratives. Again, again he said. Dylan Floro narrative. He said we don't want to plug again. But make sure you guys are following us at Spectators Media on Twitter. It's um, We're putting out some good content there. We're going to put clips from these episodes. If you don't want to watch the whole thing, you want to get a moment. Uh, we're going to be a little bit more active on TikTok and YouTube shorts as well. So make sure you guys are into that, tuned in, dialed in, and be on the lookout for the next two episodes. They're going to be a little bit of projecting the divisions. So that'll be a good time. Have a great rest of your weekend, everybody, and uh, go baseball.